So New York, New York becomes tight end, tight end. Infamous words by ESPN's Chris Berman describing a Jets draft pick at the tight end position a few decades ago gone wrong. However, in the year 2022, it looks like the Jets finally have a competent room at the tight end position. We'll discuss on today's episode of the Locked On Jets podcast. You are Locked On Jets, your daily New York Jets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, this is the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's Friday, August 5th, 2022, and I'm your host, John B. from GangGreenNation.com. Thanking you so much for making the show your first listen or your first watch every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. If you like what you see or hear, hit that subscribe button and you'll never miss an episode. If you're watching on YouTube, please give this episode a big thumbs up. It helps the channel out and it helps other Jets fans find the podcast. Well, the tight end position has been an issue for the Jets for years. There are not many tight ends I look back on fondly for this franchise over the last couple of decades. Really, if you're talking about this century, the only tight end the Jets had who was even average was Dustin Keller. And I think that you could argue Dustin Keller was above average for his time with the team, but the position has just been awful for, for the Jets. The Jets offense, however, has a big role for the tight end position. And this year, the Jets were very active in trying to upgrade the group. They signed two free agents and they drafted a player in the third round. So it, it's a new look Jets tight end room this year. And for once, maybe the Jets will actually have decent players at the position. You know, for years, we've been watching Ryan Griffin, and I was never a Ryan Griffin fan. And the funny thing about Ryan Griffin was his first year, he actually had a decent statistical season if you only looked at the box scores, because he had five touchdowns. And I had these arguments with people during that 2019 season, because Griffin's touchdowns, almost all of them were like busted coverages, where he was just getting wide open by running a normal route that like anybody would have scored a touchdown on. And people would say, well, say what you will, he's scoring touchdowns. You give him credit, he's not dropping the pass, he could have dropped the pass. And I'm just, okay, fine. We want to give an NFL player at the tight end position credit for not dropping a pass. That's fine. But is this repeatable? Is this a formula for success going forward, just hoping that you constantly have busted coverages? Well... We saw the last two years. It did not work for Ryan Griffin. Chris Herndon, back in 2018, had a really good rookie season. People kind of forget how good, how promising Herndon looked during that rookie season. There are only, the NFL has been around for over 100 years. Now, I get that in the early days, the passing game was not that prevalent. But in over one century of NFL football, there have only been 35 tight ends to post 500 yards in the season. Chris Herndon's one of them. So, you could, I don't think you can look back on that and say it was a bad... I, I think you, you have to look back on that and say it was a promising season, but it just his career fell apart from that point. And we've had a few seasons, Austin Safarian Jenkins, they've had an okay-ish type season, but when that's one of your best tight end seasons of the decade, it shows you're not really going anywhere. Last year, the Jets entered the season, and they came out, in, especially in, early, in the early part of games, and that's the stage of the game, which really tells me what an offensive coordinator wants to do, because the first quarter is the, the spot where you get to run the plays that you scripted. You're not really reacting to game situations. You know, once you get to the fourth quarter, once you get to the second half, if you're ahead in games, you're going to run the ball. 
if you're behind, you're going to throw it. Game situation, the deeper you get in, dictates your strategy. But early in games last year, the Jets were running a lot of two tight end sets. And I had no idea why. And it showed me this disconnect last offseason between the front office and the coaching staff because the Jets, it wasn't just that the Jets had bad tight ends. They invested practically nothing at the tight end position. It's one thing if, when you strike out. It's one thing if you spend a lot of money and you just get bad players. Then you're at least seeing that the, the front office and the coaching staff are on the same page. They just made bad decisions. But the Jets invested nothing at the tight end position, yet they were using these double tight end sets all the time. Didn't really make a lot of sense. This year, there was a course correction, and the Jets went out and they signed two tight ends in free agency, and they drafted one. And the two they signed in free agency, I think, are the guys who are going to play big roles for them this year. That's C.J. Uzama, who they got from Cincinnati, and Tyler Conklin, who they acquired in free agency from the Minnesota Vikings. And there's been this kind of interesting dynamic between the two of them, especially as I see what the fan base is saying. People are wondering who the starting tight end is going to be. I don't think that's the way to think about it. I think both of these guys have their own roles. And I'll quote Robert Sala on this. Robert Sala was talking about them a few months back. He talked about how they complement each other well. He said, CJ is a big wide tight end, really good in the flats, running high crosses, getting him on the move, get the ball in his hands in space. And this big, massive human being running with the speed he can, he's hard to bring down. He runs violently. He blocks violently. And then he said about Conklin, He's a very good run blocker. He may not be as big, but he has the grit and the nastiness you want out of a tight end. And at the same time, his ability to win those one-on-ones, to work in man coverage, and to shake and create separation, he's able to do that. So it shows that these guys bring something different to the table. And I think the way we think about the tight end position in this league is really wrong. For whatever reason, in the early stages of the league, as the league evolved, position designations evolved with them. So what do I mean by that? In the very early stages of the NFL... There was this position at the end of the line. It was called the end. And the end was kind of just at the end of the formation. That's why it was called an end. As the passing game evolved, some teams started moving that end down the line. They started splitting him off from the formation. He started lining up out wide. And because he was split off, he became known as the split end. Whereas uh, an end who stayed tight to the formation next to the offensive lineman was known as a tight end. Eventually, the split end became known as a wide receiver. And I'm oversimplifying this, so this is a very, very basic scaled-down history lesson. There's much more complexity to this. But the point is, we changed the way we talked about these positions. But for whatever reason, a few decades back, we just stopped changing the way we talk about positions. And if we were starting from scratch today, we would never label positions the way they're labeled. And in the tight end position, there's a lot of diversity. There's a lot of different roles that you can have. Um, Back in the 80s, Joe Gibbs, the coach of Washington, came up with this new position that was called the H-back, which was kind of like a tight end, but he did not line up on the line of scrimmage. He kind of moved around. He was a move guy. Interestingly, Gibbs used him as more of a blocking guy. And, you know, sometimes he'd line up in the backfield at the fullback spot. Sometimes he'd line up next to the tight end, um, but offset behind him. Sometimes he'd line up on the other end of the formation to make it more balanced. He kind of moved around. And Gibbs, again, used him as more of a blocker in the run game. Over the years, that guy has become more of a receiver. The guy who's played that role has become more of a receiver because he tends to be smaller, quicker, a tougher matchup for linebackers. My point being, when we talk about tight ends, it's not this universal thing. Teams use tight ends for different roles. And I don't think it's useful to think about one starting tight end, one guy who plays a position. And Salah kind of alluded to that. They're going to use these guys for different things. And Salah also said that he views Uzama as kind of the inline guy, the, the guy who's going to line up next to the tackle on every play. 
and Conklin's more going to be more of a move player. And so what does that mean? Well, it means he's going to move around more. It means he'll line up behind, he'll line up offset behind the line of scrimmage. Sometimes he'll probably line up in line. You may even see him a little bit at fullback in today's NFL. There's this misconception the fullback position is gone in the NFL. The fullback position still exists. Every team, all 32, have plays in their playbook that utilize a fullback. It's just they're used less frequently. And because there's less frequent use of the fullback, you can no longer justify giving one of your 53 roster spots to a guy who can only play fullback. So the guy has to take on other roles. Typically, you'll see you'll see it be a tight end. You'll see somebody who, at the tight end position just move to fullback on plays. Or a few teams like San Francisco have fullbacks who are a little bit more versatile who they can utilize in their passing game. So when we're talking about bringing in a tight end, you're going to bring in somebody who can help you at the fullback position. And I think that's where Ty- that's one spot where Tyler Conklin will fit in. And part of this will be situationally. You heard what Salah described the strengths of these players are. So depending on what the Jets are looking for on a given play, you may see one of these guys in or, or the other. But you also have to remember the Jets are going to use a lot of two tight end sets. The top teams in the league at using two tight end sets usually do it about a third of the time. I think the Jets will be in that one third range. That's the reason they gave these guys that money. And if we go back to what I was talking about yesterday, I did a show on the wide receiver position, and I talked about how the Jets may lack a traditional number one type receiver. Well, the way you function on offense when you don't have that kind of receiver is you kind of spread it around. You, you give a lot of different guys a, a shot at the running back position. The Jets have some really good players, I think, some really promising young players. So the Jets will probably run the ball more than your typical team. So that'll take some of the pressure off the receiver position. At the receiver position, you've got three guys you can count on, even a fourth guy in Braxton Berrios you can work in. And at the tight end position, you have two guys. I think both Conklin and Uzama We'll see a fair amount of action. So this discussion, who's the number one tight end, who's the number two tight end, I don't know that that's the way it goes. I think these are two guys brought in to play different roles. These are guys who are kind of playing two different positions in the Jets' offense, and you'll see them accordingly. You'll see them, depending on what the Jets are looking for, you'll see them both together. That's the reason they both got fairly decent free agent contracts, because the Jets have a role in mind for both of them. It's not that they brought one guy in to back up the other. It's that they're going to play different roles, that they bring different things to the table. Now, head here on the Lockdown Jets podcast, we'll talk about the third tight end that the Jets brought in this offseason. It's Jeremy Rucker, a third-round pick. What should expectations will be for him? I'll tell you what I think as we continue on this Friday episode. Of course, with the benefit of hindsight, we know the Jets have not had a particularly promising fullback position in some time. Hindsight is 2020. You can't change the past. But what if you could get a little help from your future self? Maybe you'd like to borrow a little cash. Now you can with Dave. Dave is the banking app that can help you get up to $500 instantly with extra cash. That's more money to fill your tank, buy a wedding gift, or catch up on bills. You can finally tackle those expenses that have been stressing you out without any hang-ups. There's zero interest and no credit check needed. Millions of people have have already downloaded the Dave app to get the financial relief they need with extra cash. So if you're in a pinch and need some extra help, download Dave and think of it as a helping hand from future you. Download the Dave app from the App Store right now. That's D-A-V-E. Sign up for an extra cash account and get up to $500 instantly. For terms and conditions, go to dave.com legal. Instant transfer fees apply. Banking provided by Evolve. Member FDIC. It's time to celebrate. You've made it to the end of the week, and the Jets have upgraded their tight end room. And what better way to celebrate than by trying Built Bar? Built Bar is the best-tasting protein bar on the market. Their bars are all covered in 100% real chocolate. And let me introduce you to their new flavor, Cookie Dough Chunk Puffs. 
These are absolutely delicious. If you're a cookie dough fan, you're going to love it. It's all the joys of eating cookie dough without the hassle of making it, and it's healthy for you because cookie dough chunk puffs are only 160 calories, and they have a whopping 15 grams of protein in them. You should run to Built.com to snag a box for you and the family. It's the perfect treat, or you can find a really good hiding place and just hoard them for yourself. You're going to love these bars. Whether you need a snack for your workout, a late-night treat, or you just need to grab a quick bite, Built is the perfect protein bar, and they taste better than a candy bar. You can ditch the calories, the fat, and the sugar. Grab yourself a Built bar. Go to Built.com, and if you use promo code LOCK15, you'll get 15% off your order. Again, it's promo code LOCKED15, one word with no space, L-O-C-K-E-D, number one, number five, for 15% off at Built, B-U-I-L-T dot com. Thank you again for making Lockdown Jets your first listener, your first watch every day. This show is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. We're talking about Jets tight ends. It's been a position that's been a problem for this team through the years, and hopefully we have some good things on the horizon. The Jets did add two players over the offseason in free agency to immediately upgrade the position, but they also made a long-term investment in the third round of the NFL draft. And that was Jeremy Ruckert out of Ohio State. And if you follow the Jets coaching staff through the offseason, you know that they were at the Senior Bowl in Mobile, Alabama. And there were some players who got some buzz. There was, there was buzz that the Jets coaching staff loved cer- certain players. Now, they did not draft all of those players. One of them was Trevor Penning, an offensive lineman. The Jets decided to not go in that direction in the first round. But one of the players who got a lot of buzz was Jeremy Ruckert, the tight end out of Ohio State. And he's one of those guys who conceivably could have some untapped potential because if you looked at Ohio State's team in recent years, they've had a lot of receiving talent. I mean, how much receiving talent has been at Ohio State over the last couple of years? Jamison Williams, who was a first-round pick, a guy who was the go-to guy on Alabama. Alabama. Before he went to Alabama, he was at Ohio State. He could not get on the field. That's why he went to Alabama, because Ohio State was so deep at receiver. Jamison Williams was a backup, or he was you know, he was a depth player. So he goes to Alabama. That's Alabama, and he's the number one guy. Couldn't get on the field at Ohio State. All this is to say, if Jamison Williams is having a tough time getting involved in the passing game, where does that leave the tight end? Jeremy Ruckert. And there are examples of guys who have shown untapped potential as a receiver. You know, a guy who comes to mind and more recently is Dawson Knox, uh, the guy the Bills drafted back in 2019. He was at Mississippi. He played with DK Metcalf and A.J. Brown. And when you have NFL talent at the receiver position, it can be tough to get targets at the tight end position. But there, you could see on the film that there was some untapped potential there. Now, I'm not sure Ruckert has the ability of Dawson. I'm not sure he flashed on film the way Dawson Knox did a couple of years ago, but he's shown some ability. He's got a really big catch radius. And in the Ohio State offense, again, they did not utilize the tight end much. He also did not run that big of a route tree. So there's some untapped potential there. But one of the reports that came out of the Senior Bowl week was that the Jets really thought that he took well to a more diverse route tree. Now, what should we expect from Jeremy Ruckert this year? I see all these projections. Jeremy Ruckert's going to be a big part of the team this year. The objective is not for Jeremy Ruckert to be a big part of the team this year. The objective is for Jeremy Ruckert to barely play. I mean, maybe you'll see him as a blocker on some special team snaps, but I don't think the Jets want Jeremy Ruckert to see the field this year because if that happens, that means either Uzama or Conklin is hurt. You're not going to see a lot of three tight end sets from the Jets. This is not, you know, this is not the, the old days. This is not the days of a century ago where you, all you do is run the ball. As much as I think you're going to see the Jets run two tight end sets, I think three tight end sets. Maybe you'll see Ruckert on the goal line. You know, maybe you can even catch a touchdown off some play action thing where they, they leak him out and 
know, the defense bites and he gets wide open. But the objective this year for Rucker is to develop because he does not have a ton of experience as a receiver. Again, he did not run that diverse of a route tree. So there's going to be some learning that takes place. And I think Ruckert also has to work, work on his technique as a blocker. You know, I've heard some people say that he's, he's a dominant blocker. I don't know. That I, I think he's got the ability to be a dominant blocker. The thing I always look for in a tight end is, are you willing? Are you looking to hit somebody? Because you can tell the tight ends that like to hit people. Jeremy Ruckert likes to hit people. But at this point in time, that can actually work against him a little bit because he can be a little undisciplined, especially when he's on the move. You know, sometimes as a tight end, you have to hit a block when, when you're on the run. He, sometimes he leans a little bit. Sometimes he, he leaves himself exposed. He gets himself off balance. But I think even when he's more of an in, in an inline role, the hand placement can be inconsistent. It's not the end of the world. Most players in the NFL, especially guys who are drafted near the end of the third round, the reason you go near the end of the third round is you have some, some things to learn. You have some things to clean up. And many players in, in those spots are able to do so. So I'm not, I'm not trying to criticize the pick. The expectation for anybody drafted in the spot where Ruckert was drafted is not to contribute on day one. If they were a more polished player, they'd already be in the lineup. And beyond that, not that any position is easy to transition to in the NFL, but for me, tight end might be the most difficult one because it's almost like you have to learn all of the things you need from an offensive lineman. Because, you know, a lot of times you'll be in line, you'll be blocking like an offensive lineman, but you almost have to learn all the things a wide receiver has to know because in today's NFL, tight ends usually, you know, typically do have spots where they have to run receiver routes, where they line up out wide where they line up in the slot. And again, Ruckert's kind of an unpolished guy. Maybe he learns quickly. You'd like to think he's a quick learner. You'd like to think that things will click immediately, but it's it's a lot to ask. And beyond that, at tight end, you have routes that receivers don't run because you're lined up in line and you have to get th- learn how to work through traffic. It's just a lot. And that's the reason you don't see... You know, I talked about how Chris Herndon's rookie year was an exceptional rookie year. I mean, one of the top 35 rookie seasons receiving in NFL history. And it, wasn't, it was good. It wasn't that good. It just takes time to develop, especially at the tight end position. So I don't know that these expectations that Ruckert's going to play a big. Where's he going to see the playing time? Are we going to take? We're going to run offenses with no receivers when, even though you've drafted Elijah Moore and Garrett Wilson, I don't think so. I think the Jets will maybe get Ruckert on the field against special teams. I see goal line situations where you just load the field with big guys and try and power the ball in. But aside from that, I think the objective with Ruckert is maybe a year or two down the line, when you're ready to move on from Uzama, you can slide him into the starting role, save some money because he'll still be on his rookie contract and use the money you're saving on Uzama to upgrade other parts of the team. And really that's, I think that's the goal across your draft classes. You know, your first round pick is going to see time as a rookie. Your second round pick may see time as a rookie if if you do it right. But after the second round, there really aren't many players who play big roles in year one. You're not expecting that I, I i get these emails every year from people who are criticizing the jets draft and they're saying well you got to have over 50 percent of these guys playing in year one no team has that no team even has 50 percent of their draft picks ending up successful that's not what successful drafting is successful drafting is finding players across the rounds and you know you're gonna but you're gonna miss you're gonna miss on a lot of picks every great gm misses on more picks than he hits on it's about developing players as much as anything. It's about finding players who fit in your system, who have the traits necessarily down the line to eventually be good players for you, and honing those skills. That's what it's about with Jeremy Rucker. Don't go into the season thinking Jeremy Rucker is going to play a big role in this offense. Now listen, every year there are some 
mid to late round picks who kind of defy the odds. But that should not be the expectation. If you get one of those, you're very happy, but it's almost like you got lucky. You got lucky to find a guy who's immediately able to contribute. That's not the expect. The expectation is just that you spend the year developing. So Jeremy Rucker, I think, in an ideal world, limited playing time this year, develops, and then maybe a year or two down the line is ready to take on a bigger role. Now, head here on the Locked On Jets podcast. We'll talk about the other tight ends on the Jets roster. We've discussed the top three guys. There are a couple other guys battling for roster spots. I'll tell you who they are as we finish up this Friday episode. Of course, the NFL season is coming. One week from tonight, the Jets open their preseason schedule, and that means we're just a few weeks away from the beginning of the regular season. And if you want to lay money down on the NFL this year, betonline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check out all your betting needs. You can find all of your latest sports and events at the number one source for online odds, lines, and games. You can find reviews and news for every league. That includes the NFL, but it also includes Major League Baseball, the NBA, the NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Yes, even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports wagering information from live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts. They got you covered. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. And again, we're just a few weeks away from the start of the NFL season, so you want to double your excitement, you can put money down on the Jets once those games begin. BetOnline, where the game starts. This is the Locked On Jets podcast here on this Friday, talking about Jets tight ends. We've talked about the big three tight ends on the roster. Maybe there's a spot for a fourth tight end. Maybe. It could be one of these guys. It could be Trevon Wesco. Now, Wesco, when the Jets drafted him back in 2019, there was a lot of hype about him as a blocker. He was a guy who had potential to be a very good blocker. I mean, he's a very big-sized tight end, 267, 6'3". He's got the frame to do it, and... He had the willingness to do it. He hasn't developed as a blocker, though. He was, his blocking technique was kind of unrefined as he entered the league. They, they've used him in a lot of different roles. They've used him as a fullback. It hasn't really worked yet for Trevon Wesco. And this could be his last chance because now there are three guys. Whenever there are three additions at your position, that's ominous for you. Especially at the spot where, you know, one to two guys play at a time. That's not a good thing for Trevon Wesco. When... There are three guys out at your position, and the typical team in this league is keeping three or four players at your position. You're in some trouble. Trevon Wesco's got to show it in the preseason and training camp. Otherwise, he may not be on the team anymore. And after Wesco, you have this battle at the very bottom, and it could even be like a practice squad battle. Who's going to be the, I guess, the exciting athlete of the future at the tight end position? Who's going to be the receiving threat, the developmental receiving threat? You have Lawrence Cager, who's entering his third NFL season out of Georgia. And you have Kenny Yeboah, Yeboah, Kenny Yeboah out of uh, Mississippi. Cager is a converted wide receiver. He actually was starting games for the Jets as a rookie because they were so banged up early in the 2020 season, and it did not go very well. I've always wondered with Cager where, where the upside was at the receiver position because he was never fat. He was big, but he wasn't fast enough to play at the receiver position. So the Jets have finally gotten the idea. Let's move him to tight end because he's shown some ability. He's shown some decent traits as far as releases go. He's shown some some degree of route running ability the last two years in training camp. I mean, I, I know he's impressed them, but I just didn't think he had the physical tools to play receiver. Well, maybe he's got the tools to be a receiving tight end. I mean, that has happened in the past where a bigger type receiver who maybe isn't fast enough to play at wide receiver moves to tight end and becomes a threat there. And Yeboah, very good athlete. 
actually had a big preseason game a year ago against the Eagles. To me, like these are two guys battling to be the developmental receiving tight end of the future, and we'll see what happens in camp and preseason. And maybe they both make the practice squad, but there could be a situation where there's only one practice squad spot for the two of them as the Jets try and develop tight ends further down the depth chart. Anyway, that's all for today's episode. This has been the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hit that subscribe button. If you haven't already, you'll never miss an episode. You'll get notifications as new episodes are posted. Please, if you enjoy the show, give us a five-star review. It helps us out on your favorite podcast source. Or if you're watching on YouTube, big thumbs up. Helps the channel out as well. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll be back on Monday to talk more Jets.